0: No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Oh, baby! First and Pod, Danny Parkins Andrew Filippone. after an old fashioned, passionate, ass kicking by the Chicago Bears, a juggernaut offensive performance. A franchise quarterback and a franchise receiver and a pass-rushing defense and a road win on a short week on Thursday night football. It had been a mere 346 days, Pony, since the Bears won a football game. They're back. How about that? Well, you can put away the Caleb
1: Williams jersey order for now.
0: Hey, they still get Carolina's pick.
1: So still take him and have two dueling quarterbacks, have them... Trade off I mean, and, um, listen. Every listen it, it,
0: if the Bears get the number one pick, I don't think that there's anything Justin Fields realistically could do that would have them not taking Caleb Williams if they actually get the number one pick. So, so you won't be taking. uh He's back.
1: uh Victory lap tomorrow. You won't be saying uh, Justin. I mean, Fields I think. Well, I think. I think both things now, can be true. Like back to back. I think both things can be true. Like. I, I think that well Fields, if he's back they're not going to finish with the number one now they'll have Carolina's pick that's
0: what I'm that's what saying like Caleb like really, yeah. I'm saying if care if Justin Fields goes on a heater and they win six or seven games mm-hmm. but Carolina gives them the number one pick they and would trading take, Justin Fields they would still take Caleb Williams to reset the clock yeah the guy who's got the upside cheaper all of that stuff you know but if they if Fields goes on a heater and they win six, seven, eight games and Carolina has the second pick or the fifth pick or the third pick, then all of a sudden they're in a great position. They're, they're in the best case scenario. That so This is one here. of those
1: very unique situations where in all actuality, Justin Fields could end up playing his ass off over the last three quarters of the season and as long as carolina is the worst team in the nfl his days in chicago are numbered that's interesting i don't i'm not sure everybody nationally understands that like our entire audience you know the chicago market obviously probably does but that is interesting like he could he could literally get them to like 9 and 8 and if the
0: panthers go 2 and 15 he's out in chicago i i think so Yeah. Uh, Wow. You know, now, listen, obviously that is like a huge hypothetical, right? Like he'd have to win a bunch of games. He'd have to play awesome doing it. The Panthers would have to be the worst team. Like it, it would be a debate, but Fields is at the precipice of when you would need to pick up the fifth year option. So he's a year away from being expensive. And then you'd be talking about a contract extension next year or not picking up the fifth-year option and going the Daniel Jones route, depending on how he goes. So, yeah, I – but, like, listen, like, that is obviously the thing that hangs over this whole season are the two first-round picks, and coming into today, they had a 57% chance of getting the number one pick in a draft with a transformational quarterback prospect. But pausing it just for a second – Don't tell
1: Peter King that. He went to Colorado and he thought Sanders was the better player, so – In case Pete's out there listening, let's –
0: I'll ask him about that. Let's just make sure we get that out there. Yeah. Yeah. But just like – Peter King also said on my show that he thought if the Bears lost this game, they would break organizational precedent of never firing a coach in season, and it was in play that Matt Eberflus would be fired. Like, there's been so much turmoil around – they were last year's Denver Broncos – with Nathaniel Hackett at the beginning of the year and the Russell Wilson panic like they were a train wreck. They were a laughing stock. They were a punchline. They they needed this to stabilize the program. And what's crazy, Pony, and I know you know, ifs and buts and close only counts and horseshoes and hand grenades and all that stuff, but like if they don't collapse against the Broncos last week, and they were up 21 points in the second half, if they don't collapse there and they won tonight's game, we'd be talking about 10 days of rest before a home game against a 1-3 and Vikings team with a terrible defense for the Bears to get back to five hundred in an NFC wildcard race that's wide open. So I'm not saying they're going to go on a run and make the playoffs, but their schedule is really weak, and they easily could have beaten Denver. Uh, So I do think that they are potentially turning a corner towards not good, but mediocre middle of the pack, which is progress from last year.
1: Really, though, the most important thing by far is after the first three games, it looked like Justin Fields couldn't play quarterback in this league. Coming off the Packers, Bucks, and Chiefs games, and he's been sublime these last two. Now, you could put the caveat out there was against the Broncos who had given up 70 in Washington. But before that, it looked like he was going to be incapable of even putting up monster numbers against those teams. So that's, that's to me, if the season had started, if their schedule had opened with um, Broncos in Washington, and these were the first two games of the season, and that's those were the only data points, you'd say, it looks like we've
0: got our guy in Justin Fields. He's on a two-game yeah. run. Yes, he's on a two game run and he's doing it largely without running the football. So, you know, listen, and he missed some throws. He he still he made a lot of them too. Right. He 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 made a lot of them and he missed some. And he he's a big play guy, and he just looks comfortable. He's he's setting his back foot and he's ripping the ball out, and he's throwing with timing. So there's uh, there's still something there. It's salvageable.
1: Quick quick take on Washington. I know they've got a new owner. It's still one of the – people. everybody ragged on the Tampa Bay Rays fans all week because of what happened with their wild card games in baseball. Still one of the worst home field advantages in all of football. Bears are 0-4, and the Bears fans there are going nuts after touchdowns, even with Snyder out. Uh, You've got Sam Howell, who is not going to be the answer there. Put up big numbers the week before. I get that, but the guy has terrible pocket awareness. He gives up a ton of sacks, and yeah, he's ballsy like Baker Mayfield. He'll run the ball, and he'll lower his shoulder and take a hit, but he's going to get himself killed playing that way. He won't make it through the full season if he's going to invite contact when he runs the ball like that. Made some plays when they trailed late, just like he did against Denver when they came back and won in week two. But to me, they're going to be back in the quarterback market for sure after the yeah.
0: season, likely with a new coach. I don't know what happened to Ron Rivera. What What is the point of correctly going for two early? And then kicking that field goal. Yeah, And then kicking that field goal to turn a two-touchdown game into a two-touchdown game late in the third quarter. What is the point? I, not a rhetorical question. I'm, I'm like, It's just baffling, man. It's baffling. I just after that two point conversion thing last week that he doesn't go for, where he claims his team was tired. It Eric Bieniemy's got to be going crazy over there, unless he's under unless he's got a
1: handshake deal that he's their next head coach there, which probably should happen
0: at yeah. this point. Um, and one more thing on Washington, isn't the best part of their offense clearly? that McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel is a really good wide receiver trio? Play what's them. Happened to, what's happened to Dotson? He's in, He's done nothing. Well, he had the ankle injury. Then last week he had nine targets, only four catches for 27 yards. And then, yeah, it was did, did nothing in this game. And he's been ineffective. But, like, I just – they're always subbing him out. I feel like there's always just like two of the three of them on the field. I don't I don't know why they're not a top 5, top 10 in the league three wide receiver set team. Like those guys should be on the field together the whole game. That's that's clearly the best part of your team on offense. Use them. And I feel like for way too long stretches of time uh that's not happening. But let's get to the games. Let's get to the slate. 49ers Cowboys. The latest game of the year after Bills and Dolphins last week. What's your take on the game? San Francisco has looked
1: like a well-oiled machine. They've had four 30-point games. Their defense has been dominant. They gave up a long drive against Arizona, and then they uh, settled in after that on Sunday. Now, just like Dallas, though, look at who they've played in these first four games. They played the Steelers. They played the Giants. They played Cardinals. the Cardinals. They played a, a good Rams team. Um, not a great Rams team by any stretch. Decent team. So this is really for them a step up in weight class too. And hey, for everything that's been said about the Cowboys and losing the last two years in the playoffs to San Francisco and how you know it means a lot more to them, yeah, I also want to see Brock Purdy do it again against this defense because I thought he got very lucky in the playoff game last year. And I want to see after Dallas righted itself following the Arizona debacle with what they did against Mac Jones, as I sit here right now and I've starting to I've starting to come around on Purdy and I've given him more credit, best QBR in the league, et cetera. As of this very moment, I don't think he's going to have a big game. On Sunday, I think Dallas's defense. When we turn that TV off Sunday night and do the podcast, I think the Dallas defense is going to be the story because I think they'll have gone into San Francisco and won the game.
0: So, I mean, I said last week that I think that the Niners clearly deserve to be the Super Bowl favorites over the Chiefs, and that the Eagles have been downgraded for me, and so the gap in the NFC now clearly exists. Between one and whoever you have is two. And some people would have Dallas as two. So I love this as an early measuring stick NFC game. But for Purdy, there are a lot of us that are doubters, us eye test guys over the pure numbers. And then the certainly the wins as a quarterback stat, like old school uh part of the media which is more mostly like the coaches who actually played the game and the goal of the game is to win and I don't care if I throw for 50 yards and three interceptions but if I come out there with a win that's good enough for me like if Purdy handles the Cowboys pass rush doesn't turn the ball over and makes plays down the field and is the reason they won not because of the defense, not because of handoffs to McCaffrey and swing passes to McCaffrey, but if he is like a playmaker, difference maker, reason they won, that is going to be a data point that those of us that have just been screaming, this is ridiculous, 50 guys in the world could do this in that situation, it's going to be really tough for us to make that argument. Come Sunday night. So I I think it's a if you care about that sort of thing, the narrative of Brock Purdy. This is a huge game to swing those conversations. You could say the same thing about Dak, even though he's won a
1: lot of big regular season games before. You know, he's going to try to exercise some demons here, even though it doesn't make up for what happened in the playoffs the last two years. It just strikes me as a game. If we look at the Cowboys since Dak took over in 2016, it just strikes me as the kind of game they win in October, but lose in January. And just like I said last week, going into Buffalo, Miami, I just felt like the game mattered more to Buffalo because all the talk was Miami. I can, I can see Dallas looking at this game the same way. Oh, if we hadn't lost to Arizona, Arizona, We'd be looked at maybe a San Francisco's equal or close, but we're not because we had the hiccup. We'll prove that that game was a fluke on Sunday night. And Micah Parsons, they're not going to have an answer for him. He'll go out and make plays. We'll, shut, we'll, we'll make sure McCaffrey doesn't find the end zone for the first time in 13 games. And Dan Quinn will be looked at as one of the best assistant coaches in the NFL after this game is over. That's the game within a game. It's Quinn's defense against Shanahan's offense in which play caller gets the better of the other in this one.